Move up, sir. Word. Yeah. To all the killers and the hundred dollar billers. Yo, I billers. Your eyes for real, niggas who ain't got no feelings. Feelings. Just watch my back. Check it out, man. Come on, Vine. Welcome to the Two P Podcast, Episode Thirty Nine. It is I, Polo Peraza, back with another episode with another guest. You know, I met him at um Danny Cortez, the guy I managed. He uh did a show. Was that Greenpoint or Williamsburg? Williamsburg. It was in Williamsburg, and this is actually the artist of the actual the um, the poster, the flyer of yeah. the event, Mr. Rich Fee. Five. See, got it wrong. I mean, we went. God over, damn it! We only went over fifteen times. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry about nah, that. Nah, I'm just. I've been getting that shit since I was a little kid. I've been doing podcasts for nearly uh, four years, and I fuck up everybody's name. Nah. <laughs> every 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 time when I was a kid in school, in like grammar school and shit like that, like the teacher would say Rich Fee, and I would say Fi, and then they would go Fee Fi for phone. Yeah, and, and that's what he, I was. He, that's what I had in my head. He, but then the. The thing that the thing that hits your brain first is what you say. So yeah, it just, just kept on like spinning. Good. Anyway, how you doing, brother? Chilling, bro. Yeah, um, I haven't seen you for like a, what was that three weeks ago? Or... Yeah, yeah, that that event was cool. Like yeah. I, I was hyped on uh, being included in that. Mm-hmm. So, so tell the people what what you do. I mean, I know what you do. So, you tell the people what you do. Uh, I'm a tattooing. I'm a tattoo artist. Uh, I also do a little bit of art, like mm-hmm. that graffiti type shit. Um. But my main gig is a uh, tattoo artist for about twenty years in Queens. Mm-hmm. And um, what? So, so you said so you so you basically do the art like the arts the graffiti stuff like on the side or? Uh, or I really started doing. I I did graffiti and stuff like that before I was a tattooer. Like that's how I got into art. I was I grew up in, in like I grew up doing hip hop production and. Punk rock. I was in a lot of punk rock bands and hardcore bands when I was growing up. So I would always be the guy who did the artwork. Mm-hmm. Plus, I would do, you know, I was writing my name on the wall. Everybody wants to write the name on the right, wall in New right, York right. City. You know, so I did that. And then I, I pushed that into winding up having a, a career in in art as, as, you know, a tattooer. And then when COVID hit, uh, they put us out for five months, and then when they put us out for five months, I started doing some other art because I, I finally had a break. I mean, I love tattooing. It's my, it's, it's literally my whole life. Yeah. But, you know, I was doing some tattoo art to pay the bills as far as, like, selling art, not actually tattooing people. I didn't mm-hmm. tattoo nobody during the, the shutdown. But then as I had, uh, as I had some time, I started doing some other art. And I tried to, you know... I'm very, very, very st- set in stone in the traditional tattoo world. Like, that's, that's the style I do. Mm. Um, so I started trying to bring, after COVID, like, I kind of used it as a reset and started trying to bring some of my street shit into my tattoo shit. Mm-hmm. And so do you think, to a certain extent, COVID helped you? It's like ex- expand your COVID, your, your I mean, repertoire. I think it... it <sighs> It, 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 it fucked me up in a, I can't curse on you? Of course. Right. I curse. <laughs> Making sure. <laughs> uh, it fucked me up in a lot of ways, but in, in certain ways it helped. Like, it, I think it definitely um, helped me professionally, for sure. Mm-hmm. Personally, it, it made a little, some messes in my life, but pro- professionally it definitely helped me. Yeah. So, so that was, uh, so that's how you got the, the gig to do the, the flyer for the, for the art show? No, I tattooed that dude. Oh, okay. I tattoo cool. the dude that runs the the. the I tattoo. I didn't want to put up a painting on Instagram right. for sale, right. and uh, he hit me with the he, that he wanted to buy it. Then when he said, you know, this was gonna fit perfect, and I'm doing this New York thing with the, uh, you know, and he was telling me all about the art show. He's like, this is gonna fit perfect. He goes, why don't you include a couple more paintings? Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, you know, it's gonna be the one that he bought plus a couple more, and then. It kind of like last minute. He put that together super fast. Right. Uh, at last minute, he was like, "Yo, I need somebody to help me with the flyer." I was like, "Yeah, bad. I got you." And how long that took you to do? It didn't take that long. You want to know the truth? Yeah. Like less than ten minutes. Sheesh. See, see, I'm, I'm like, I know a lot of artists, and it amazes me how how 
quick you guys can just be like visualize and then concept con, you know conceptualize on the on the yeah on. Uh, that being said like it that's true but like you don't know how much junk we also put out right like there's 10 minutes where i did this junk in 10 minutes i did this junk in 10 minutes like right. i do all these things in 10 minutes and that one actually like i do it in 10 minutes i'm like oh that's actually dope but that uh particular flyer was kind of i was already in that mindset because i would already i was already doing some art in that you know with the buildings yeah. and everything like that so that, that particular flyer i was kind of just like a play off of what the art i was doing for the show mm-hmm. yeah man because that's a dope that's a dope uh, little a dope little um, flyer it was crazy to be included with all that like there's some heavy hitting yeah man yeah man but man you did your thing man but um what i was gonna say so so with your tattoos like you you have like original artwork that you do for your tattoos or is it like is it just people bring you stuff most of the time you just copy it uh i pretty on? much work almost exclusively in like the traditional style so um i have like yeah, a so line of, of of where i come from in tattooing it's like i'm pretty much a direct I have direct lines back to like some real og new york city shit mm-hmm. so because tattooing you know electric tattooing started in new york city right. a lot of people uh right. don't even know that 1897 that's where it started mm-hmm. so um i have a lot of direct lineage to a lot of those og guys so i kind of just carry the torch and i usually do mostly traditional style i do draw my some of my own stuff if somebody asked me but m- what i'm known for is doing the you know redoing the stuff that came before me right like you know the the classics i'm mm-hmm. I'm very much all about classics mm-hmm. yeah because i see i mean i've seen your work i told you i, I know one of your um cu- customers that he says you've done a lot of work on him yeah yeah and shout he showed out josh. Me, yeah, yeah yeah he's josh you know shout out josh shout out josh but um he um he said he had his knuckles his knuckles done. You did his knuckles or something like that. Yo, a lot of people actually come yeah, to me for lettering too. He showed him. He showed him yeah, to me. I was like, because wow. mine is faded. I, you know, I got mine last year and it already. Yeah, that's a funny spot. Dunzino. It's a funny. It's a funny spot. The hands. That's why we. A lot of times we don't even tattoo people's hands and necks because it don't. It don't. It ain't gonna hold. Yeah, because I mean, because you're using them so much, it just yeah. it just fades. I think the I heard yesterday somebody was talking about it and they said that the. The skin on your hands regenerates ten times faster than any other part of your body because it's always wash. You know what I mean? You wash right. your hands twenty times more than you wash your body. You know? Right. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. He's there, hopefully, yeah, that's right. So, um, let's talk about your merch too because you do merch. I mean, I know you have t-shirts. You know, I guess you sold out because I saw you was out selling yeah, them. I was outside. Yeah, he's outside. I was outside with the. Um, <laughs> he's like, Yo, that, come get him at that block party uh-huh. that, that that they just the did Bushwick. Bushwick. Yeah. Uh, I sold out the T-shirts. Um, yeah, I do. I got this logo, which is like this Ron Apple. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to my guys, uh, Hottest in the City, which is, uh, there were two kids that, I, I shouldn't say kids, there were two men that I tattooed. Right. Um, and they had said that they wanted to start a clothing company. I was tattooing them. Uh, they said they wanted to start a clothing company. I said, yo, I did, I did a shirt like 10 years ago. I did a... a Rest in peace, New York City shirt. Because mm-hmm. I felt like New York was really changing for, right. you know, it was getting all the hipsters or whatever mm-hmm. coming in. You know, I was like one of those angry, like, native New Yorkers. You know? <laughs> so I did, like, this rest in peace, New York City shirt. Real New York. Rest in peace, real New York. And uh, for some reason, it kind of, it caught on. You know what I mean? There was, a, there was, people were hitting me for this shirt like crazy. Like, I was making hundreds of the copies of this shirt. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, like, a full-time job. I was like, I'm not going to do this ever right. again because right, right, right. like you know you send somebody a medium they're supposed to be a large it was like a full-time job i was like, not gonna do this so two dudes from this uh hottest in the city uh they told me they wanted to start a clothing line i told them that same story i just told you they hit me later on that day like listen we really want to start a clothing line you have all the artwork mm-hmm. why don't we run your clothing line so they chose off some of my designs off of my tattoo flash the rotten apple with the mm-hmm. gold teeth being one right. and they pretty much run it um i'm outside with it sometimes if i'm you know mm-hmm. but the, you know the whole website shout out to them uh and if you like hip-hop music one of the dudes marcel allen who does the merch with me it's one of the illest mcs i ever heard mm. gotta look out for him marcel allen marcel shout allen. out shout out but yeah, because I see like um, so what you have T-shirts, you have um, hats. We just do drops like 
we'll just do the the, the snapbacks and, and the bucket hats. Uh, I I pretty much always have, but like we'll just do drops. We'll we'll make like a hundred shirts, a hundred sweatshirts, and then we'll drop it. And some it usually sells out in the so day. It's like limited edition. Yeah, it usually sells out in the day. Yeah, that's that's dope. Yeah, because you don't need too much. You know what I'm saying? Like you just need enough. Just yeah, to like, I need the gap. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I just you know I'll make a hundred shirts and, right. and 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 that way it sells out. It's people got it. It's exclusive, and mm-hmm. you know we did a I love New York shirt. I think there might might have been a couple of those left on the website, but we did a Welcome to Fear City shirt, like the old like uh, pamphlets from the seventies about New York. <clears throat> Had like a Grim Reaper on it. Those things sold out in like uh, less than an hour. Right. You know we sold like. So you got an audience now, like <clears throat> we got right. an audience for it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, so where, like, it's, it's so still they, pretty good. So they're looking for. So what do you do sporadic drops or do you do like Yeah, we just sporadic. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we try to we would try to like uh we were planning on doing one for uh I think we dropped the Fear City one cuz I had Grim Reaper. I think we dropped it on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um we were talking about doing another one on 420 but we missed it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We were going to do one where like you know, I don't know, grill smoking weed or something. Mm-hmm. And uh but we missed that drop so uh probably going to drop something in like uh, July or August. Like 4th of July, stuff like that. Yeah, maybe it's like, you know, keep it on like all day mm-hmm. or something. Nah, that's dope, man. But, um, so what is your, you know, since you said New York was dead back then, what do you think about New York now? I'm just curious. I mean, I love, like, you know, they always say that, like, people got, like, three true loves in their life. New York City is always going to be, like, my number one true love. Like, mm-hmm. I love the city and I, I don't hate, hate what it's become, but mm-hmm. it's funny to me sometimes just because I come, you know, I'm 47 years old. So right. I've seen, I seen New York go through a lot of changes, but as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that I think that's how the city is built. I think the city is built to change every five, 10 years. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I think um, as a younger man, I was like aggravated that my neighborhood was, you know, changing you know what i mean it wasn't the same like you know what i mean it was it was all these new people in there that like weren't from here mm. but as i get older i i think uh i just realized that that's just what new york does mm-hmm. people have been coming here forever right i mean it's the best place in the world why why wouldn't you come here mm-hmm. but i don't i, I obviously do not support gentrification <laughs> you know what i mean that's just gentrification whack. is everywhere it's whack <laughs> I'm saying, like, 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 where we at right now is gentrification city. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me to see. I mean, I'm a Queens dude, so the the craziest one because I went to high school in Long Island City. The craziest one for me is Long Island City because mm-hmm. you know Long Island City back in the day was you know it was crazy. I remember one dude one time I got my hat robbed for me on on the on the seven train in Long Island City. <clears throat> or maybe it was the E-Train. Mm-hmm. This was an old Montreal Expos hat. It was dogged for, like, years, and mm-hmm. the, the dude just, ra- you know, ran me for my hat. Like, it was just like anything that you had of any type of value, like, we had to fight for it. It was it, it was a crazy time. The 90s in New York City was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know the vibes. Yeah, because I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm one year behind you. But. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was crazy. Yeah, it was. It was, it was I mean, crack, crack epidemic was, you know, it... It's a, so it's it's a little foolish of me to opine for these old days. You know, I'm like, I'm what am I want? What do I want back? Crack era? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like at the same, but at the same time, it's like, you know, these things that I these these cultural things that were very New York City are kind of like disappearing. Uh, so that bothers me. But like like I said, so I, I kind of as I get older, I'm like pushing and pulling mm-hmm. with you know what I think. But gentrification is whack. But being safe is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that so, makes sense. What do you think about this uh this this uh COVID era we're living in? Like how long do you think we're gonna go through this? Uh I mean hopefully it's it's winding down. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like it's at least like the human body is, is is maybe getting used to it. You know what I mean? We we have been exposed to it a little bit. Yeah. Probably I've I've had it you know, I had it bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping I mean it was uh it was weird to see the way people reacted to it. I mean, it was pretty crazy. It's a crazy time. I I, I don't yeah, want. It was yeah. It was it was eye opening. <laughs> just like people, I just think just like how people fought to like kind of like like oh like if this is not happening like you know what I'm saying like yeah it, it was it was it was 
I mean, it also showed uh, showed a lot of people's ass. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people were like, you know, like you thought you thought that like a dude was like a stand up dude, and all of a sudden you see what he's posting, and you're like, oh shit, this guy is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a wild, wild. He has wild, wild views. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that I, I think I seen it on like Instagram or TikTok or something, and it's like a dude. He's just like he, he was, I just want to stop living through historical events. And I'm with that. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, you know, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. there's so many, you know, whether it be 9-11 happened, mm-hmm. you know, we're yeah, here and then that, Sandy yeah. was like, yeah. you know, because I'm from South Queens, Sandy was like really, really bad from in my neighborhood. Yeah. And it's like. Uh, so, so people like totally lost their homes. Yeah. Home. I mean, it was wild. It was yeah. a boat. It was a boat in the middle of the street. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, um, I I really do want to stop going through historical events. I'm down for some chill time. You know what I mean? I'm down to just hang. I don't I I, I don't think we're going to get that chill time cuz I hope so. Cuz you know after covid it's going to be something else. And then that's usually how it is. Like every 3 4 years something comes and Yeah. Yeah. I mean and uh, I mean sad to say but that's just how life is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm done with catastrophes though. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that we get a little bit of a little bit of a uh, I was so, and I, I was so surprised to see how how the different neighborhoods like dealt with it. You know what I mean? Like the dip, neighborhoods dealt with it so different. Uh, I, I felt like I would go for as I was going to work every day. It would be like I was going to, from one place to the next place, and it was like two different, like three different vibes on like mm-hmm. you know, like the 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 neighborhood that that was on one side of me is a very like. Uh, very red neighborhood, if you want to say. And those right. people were like, this doesn't exist. This is a Chinese hoax. Mm-hmm. And then, like, people in, in, in the neighborhood that was, like, more dangerous, they were also like, well, cold ain't, cold ain't going to kill me, so, uh, you know, I, mean, I could go outside no. in the street and get killed. Yeah, and then I got to the shop where it's, like, more, like, becoming more gentrified and people were, like, you know, Superman. And so it was, like, you know, only traveling 15 minutes. It's, like, the whole, you know, so I can only, you know, you got to think about how the whole country was. It was, it was crazy. I mean, Florida never existed. Well, I, in well, here, there was, yeah, they were I know crazy. Florida because uh, cause my daughter lives in Florida, but they didn't give a shit. Yeah. They, were, they was, they, they've been chilling without masks. The whole time, yeah. Without Texas vaccination. Too. They were just still having a good old time. Like, they just didn't care. I mean, I tattoo a lot of people that travel in. You know what I mean? A lot yeah. of people come travel to get tattooed by me. And, and a lot of the people that were, like, some say, Florida or Texas, they couldn't believe the restrictions that we had in New York City um, compared to where they were. And it was a wild time. Like like I said, I never want to go through it again. Yeah, man. I, bro, like, I see people get mad because they wear a mask. Yeah. I like, mean, people get mad. Like, I'm like... But but it, but it's not your mask. Like, what do you what do you care? Like, what do you care? <laughs> keep it moving. Like, it's crazy. Well, unfortunately, it became a political statement. Oh yeah. Well, you know what I mean? A mask is a political statement at this mm-hmm. point. You know that and everything. Yeah, everything. I mean, everybody's out out here on social media making. I mean, well, I new, think a lot of them making fools of themselves. To be honest. Yeah. The the new thing now is gun violence because yeah, you know, God bless those kids who got killed. But that's the new thing now. Like, you know, everybody is, they go to something, they gravitate towards something. Now it's the gun violence. Well, you got, you know, politicians, every every politician don't give a fuck about us. So, you no. know, they're going to, whatever is going to make, rile people up, they're going to, that's what they're going to run on. You know what I mean? It's like, and they know, they know if they separate everybody, they, we're easier to take over, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we stay divided, then. If we stay divided, I mean, I think that's exactly what happens even worse in these past few years. You know what I mean? You know, especially social media gives everybody, like, a little a little soapbox to stand on and, and, and spout some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I love, 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 like, the real, real crazy shit. Where yeah. They think, like, people are eating babies and shit. Like, <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love reading about it. I like the birds aren't real. Right. I don't know if, you know, I mean, that's, that's, I, I, lo- I like reading about all these things. Yeah. Um, but I don't believe them. Right. <laughs> but I like reading about it. And it's out there. It's like, oh, you it's, can just, it's <laughs> crazy. Can just, Go to somebody's profiles right there. Somebody was just showing me. Uh, somebody was just showing me one conspiracy theory. It was like, uh, I, like I, I don't even remember who, but it was like they think like that Alex Jones dude was like used to be this comedian, and then he used to be. The, I mean, it was like there are all these like doppelganger. It's 
There's some wild shit if you get deep. Wild shit. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I know if I've I run in, I'll run into a lot of the COVID was a government um government they they brought it they put it into the population. Right, right, right. And by UFOs and Yeah, I mean I mean, I'm here for it all to hear. Listen, Instagram is a wild place. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely true. You know, I just feel bad because my kids got to go through all that nonsense and got to take something out of it. Cause... Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's a good thing that people have a platform. Like, you could promote your podcast. I could promote my tattooing. Like, I try to stay, like, just on, on in business mode. You know what yeah. I mean, or you know, just having fun. I yeah, try you to don't always, try to you don't try to push an agenda. Yeah, I, I I was a very negative person for a long time. I, you know, I was, you know, I was doing bad shit when I was a kid. Like, I always try to move in a positive direction now. So, so like, even like with the social media. But I think that like, if you already if you're already in the negative and you already like ha- have that negative energy, you're gonna want to put that negative energy onto other people. So they use social media for that. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's unfortunately. Uh, one of the very bad things about social media is if you're if you got a very negative person, they could bring the whole everybody around them down mm-hmm, by just like mm-hmm. you know spreading all this negativity. Yeah. I try to always move in the positive, spread positivity. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you're right about that. But let's um, let's 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 switch the subject. You know, we were getting all serious and stuff. And I'm like, why are you talking all this serious shit? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um. So you thought about doing like NFTs and stuff like that? Which are, I did some. You did some already? I did some so, NFTs and like uh, I did them and... What's your thought about that? Cause, I mean, I'm a hustler and hustlers are going to hustle. Yeah, you know what I mean? I yeah. don't know anything about it, but I seen people were making money. So I was like, hey, let me try to make this. Mm. Um, I made NFTs and I sold a few, uh, but I don't know anything about cryptocurrency. So I guess I, I, I sold some and I, I made money, but then... They told me that I had to switch my money from one blockchain to another blockchain, mm-hmm. some crypto thing. Yeah. And I, I, I ethered the money. <laughs> they oh, were like, Jesus. I was like, I just made it vanish trying to transfer it from one blockchain. Hey, to Josh, you ever heard about that? We'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, because so, so I ethered the money. I, I guess I was trying to change it to one blockchain. I, for I never other. heard about money disappearing, though. Yeah, that's a bit strange. Yeah. Yeah, I had to like make a bridge, they said. I had to bridge my money from something to Ethereum, and I went to the Ethereum. I mean, it's wild. Like, uh, I, you, mean, I mean, you may still have it, though. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it, just, it just don't disappear. I had a couple of homies, like, like who, who know about it. Like, yeah. say, like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck you did, bro. I don't know what you did. You just So you can't find it. I can't find it. No. So, just, so it's still there. Trust me. You, it just can't yeah. evaporate. It's, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you're doing. Yeah, but I don't do NFTs. I do more of the cryptocurrency type stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like, even if you had to transfer it into something, it's still there. Like, you may not, you may have put it someplace, or you know, they have they have something called wallets. I know you could have put yeah, it. Yeah, I tried wallet. to sw- change it to my wallet. I ethered it, but I think that, that, that <laughs> I think that, that uh, um, <laughs> I so think funny. that that NFT. Uh, I was a big like baseball card collector, so like I kind of understand like being having something that's like a collectible like i get it but at the same time it's like it's like literally owning a file it's like owning a file Um. it's it's it's, but i guess that there's um in the nft world i guess that people some people are using it now to uh you could use it as something also so i guess like uh some tattooers are using it like if you buy this nft of this tattoo design that I did, mm. and you come to me with this NFT, I'm gonna put that tattoo on you. Oh, word! That that's dope. You know what I mean? So it's what like what about that? I, I, I guess they're using. I, I it's called something that, that when uh, an NFT has like an extra little added bonus. Mm. Uh, I can't remember what it's the word for it is, but I think something like that. I mean, I think it's that's a cool. I mean, I would have thought I would if you would have if we were talking. 20 years ago, when you talking about the internet, I would have said, what the fuck is the internet, bro? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. what the fuck is the internet? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I'm I, never, like, uh, I'm never afraid to change, you know? Like, I stay, there's an old saying in tattooing that you got to keep one foot in the past and one foot in the future. You know what I mean? Because people that came before you, you know, figured out how to do a lot of things, but they also did a lot of things wrong. Mm-hmm. So you always got to, like, keep one foot 
in, one foot out. You know what I mean? Where you always got to push forward, but don't forget what these dudes did. You know, yeah. these men and women did back then. Well, I'm glad you're not in crypto right now because that shit is tanking. I mean, I, I'm I, I threw some money at it and I'm, it's tanked bad. Yeah, man, that that crypto. Josh, you, how, how you how you doing in the crypto world? I mean, I think what's up. Uh, what I think a lot of people don't realize is. Yeah, do you want me to say it in front of the mic? Right, no, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. All right, because he, uh, yeah, he's a, he, uh, he does. So crypto. I'm not like, real, I'm, I'm very optimistic about crypto, but I'm also like a realist at the same time. Like the thing for me is like, I think, um, like right now everyone looks at the market crashing right now or, but like if you, there's this term called zooming out. If you take a look at where crypto was three years ago, five years ago or whatever, like it's up by like, you know, 500, 600 percent or whatever. I mean, I don't know how much, but like compared to where it was even a few years ago, like I have had a 401k in that time. If I were to track my 401k versus it ain't up 600 percent. Exactly. You know, on a good year, I'll be happy that if it's up 15 percent, like that's a good year for me. Um, What's going with my 401k? So. When people say like it's crashing, like, well, yeah, if you got into the market, like when everybody, when all these, when everybody, you know, uh, hopped into the market, like your average retail investor hopped into the market, then yeah, you're, you're definitely, you're definitely down right now. The only thing I'll say about it is this is just like, if you've been, and the thing is like, I'm not some crypto veteran either. Like I kind of got in bef- just a little bit before everybody else did. Um, and the thing is like, even in that short period of time, you see it go up and down and, what, and whatnot. What I would say is like, if you don't really have any bread, don't be putting all your money yeah, into this. Like, you know, crazy. you know, like they're much safer investments. Like mo- the majority of my money is in stocks and bo- oh, it's called stocks, bonds, uh, ETFs, you know, tr- more traditional things. I mean, I would like to get more into real estate. Like I, I most of my most of my money is, is focused on that. However, I just th- I just I do think there is a lot of really interesting use cases and I'm actually kind of connected to a lot of like the people that are creating all of these different like really amazing services on the on these blockchains that will make things like just tr- simply transferring money a lot easier, getting a getting a ho- getting a home loan a lot easier. Like there are people that are able to get a home loan on the blockchain and you don't have to have any face to face meeting with anybody and that's really beneficial for people of color who right, typically right, right. are been discouraged from <laughs> from walking into you know from walking into a bank and you know because they fear that you know they'll be discriminated against and so it's things like that that where i feel like the narrative there's the general public doesn't really quite understand the full breadth of what's going on and right. just like you know how the internet was in its beginning stages yeah there are scammers out here there are ponzi schemes out here there are plenty of uh bullshit ass cr- cryptocurrencies that are all going to go to zero like there's many of them are going to go to zero um and are completely absolutely worthless because they have no real use case for anything like one of the things that you one of the things that you mentioned is like um in terms of uh that nft like you know there are a lot of nfts don't get me wrong like most of these art nfts are gonna go to zero like i'm right it's just kind of is this is the beginning of it it's yeah. the beginnings of what nfts can be. be but nfts can be so many things like you could take a piece of artwork and be like hey if you buy this nft this could be your ticket to go to my live show this can be your right. thing you know if you can attach a use case for it or or it's called or it's called utility that's a utility that's, that's the word i was trying to I knew I knew you. I knew the word you were trying to think of, but I was like, man, I, yeah, I'm right, t- right. on the tip of my tongue. If you, if you're in, if NFTs with utility, they're going to be here to stay. Right, and, and and not to say that if they have no utility and the artwork is really good and you already have a following as an artist, people will still buy them. Like just because because it's just still art, you know. And if it's good and it's good and you have a following and people put a value on it and, and it's a value to somebody, then yeah, that's how much it costs. But there's a lot of these, a lot of these art, art a lot of these NFTs are going to zero. But the bigger point is, like, when people talk about, like, the market crashing and, and whatnot, I mean, like, for the people that have been in it way longer than me, they've seen the market go yeah, it goes up way down. worse than what this is in, right now. I've been in now. crypto for so. a little bit. Uh, I'm not really, not really, really in it, but, like, I threw money at it just on the strength of somebody telling me. Uh, mm-hmm. a matter of fact, one of, I didn't do this, but at, at early on, one of the dudes that was working at my shop was like, Yo, you should buy this Bitcoin. I was like. I'm not, I'm not what is that? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you should buy it. And it was, I think it was like, um, it was still in the hundreds. 
wasn't even in the thousands yet. You know what I mean? Maybe it was 800 bucks a pop or something. Mm. And he was like, yo, you got, I'm telling you. Buy. I was like, what? This is just shit. This is money to buy weed with. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is just like fake digi money to yeah. buy weed with. Earlier, not- and early on, it kind of, you can't really lie. That's kind of what it was. I mean, like, there were, unless you were like some crypto digital currency enthusiast, it, you saw like a lot of the people were using this for black market stuff. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like dark web or something yeah, like that. You know? yeah. So he told me that, and I was like, you're, you're bugging. I'm not, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to spend $10,000 on this fake money. And I didn't do it. And then a couple years later, I'm not going to front. I definitely got into it. Like, I definitely made a bunch of money off Dogecoin because somebody was like, yo, you should get in on this oh, because it's, 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 it, it, so I was like, yo, I may, I messed up the last time. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think I, I made some money on the, um, uh, one, what was it, the movie theater one, too? Oh, you know what the I mean? AMC, like, yeah, 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 like style, the, yeah. these little hustles that I hear about. You know what I mean? Like, I caught a couple of those a little I bit. All right. Yeah, that. those the, the pump and dumps. That's yeah. pump and dumps, dumps yeah. 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 I mean, why shouldn't we, though? Yeah. You know what I mean? Corporate America's been doing this to... to, to for, for a year. They've been yeah. doing it for, always. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was a good time to be yeah. in the market. You know, they, they've always been doing it. It's just like, the, I would say that shit about the government, too. Thank it's you, like, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> The government is the same way. It's like as soon as they see somebody's making money off something, like the lottery is, you know, the mafia is doing mm-hmm. that shit. You know what I mean? Like as soon as they see, they steal that shit. Yeah, well, there's a stock that uh, I just saw split, Amazon split. So hopefully you guys look into that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't, I didn't, didn't get in on that, but I, somebody's nah, telling we, me. No, you can get in now. It's like 100 and change. Oh, you got to get in now? Yeah, it's $100 right now. But I think and- if people got in that morning, Somebody told me they made like a yeah. If you got in when it when it initially split, but it d- depends on what the split was. If it was like a two to one, a three to one, I no definitely didn't think I'd be on here talking about stocks. <laughs> yeah, <Yo, laughs> I tell you, bro, this is show, bro. I tell you, but we, you told me free form. Yeah, so. we go all over the place because you know, you know, like I mess with the art world and I, I do with the stocks and then I do a whole bunch of things. But I like you know, I like to talk about everything. Yeah. you know, it, it shows you know you're not just what people think you are. You know, people think, oh, he's just a tattooist. He don't know what the fuck he's talking about. But see, aha, that's how uh-huh. you get him. Like, oh, see? That, 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 that's what I know. That's how you get the, get the best out of people. Yeah. When they don't know, when they don't see it coming. I'm like, yo, you heard Rich talking about, Rich is talking about stuff. He's out there talking about Dogecoin. You know what I'm saying? Rich is out there talking, talking <laughs> his shit right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, nah, I, I brought up that whole NFT thing because I, I do deal with a lot of artists and, a lot of them are transitioning and doing the NFTs. I just wanted to know if you kind of like, you know, tested the waters, I should say. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I did I did sell a few. Uh, I did make a few. I sold a few. Uh, I, I know of a couple of tattooers that are, that are like in projects right mm-hmm. now, active projects. Right, right. right. Uh, tattooers are usually, it's funny because tattooers are like, we're, we're a group of people that... Uh, are so stuck in the past, but mm-hmm. we're usually when it comes to a lot of the like cutting edge stuff, and we're usually on that edge also. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like it's 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 a weird lifestyle mm-hmm. tattooing. It's a do, strange... you, do you ever get burnt out tattooing? Yeah, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely, uh, I've definitely went through some phases uh, where I go on. You know, I've had like I've had a year where I think I was on autopilot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, I work a lot too, like. Right, right. Um, no, I know because even when like when like you know we follow each other on Instagram, and bro, you're like like almost you're like you look like you like practically booked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I booked up, I booked up pretty far, and, and it, I only booked two weeks in advance um, on purpose. I don't make it, let it go any further than two weeks because mm-hmm. I, I, I before I was a tattooer, I worked for corporate America, and um, that shit was not for me. And I, I don't I, I I became a tattooer, so I'm not chained to a desk, so. I only book out two weeks in advance, but those two weeks book up super quick mm-hmm. when I when I do. Uh, but I do work seven days a week also, so I, I you know I, I take no days off. I take off, you know. I always say I rest when I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love my job, so right. it's not that much. It's not that hard to do something you love every single day. Right. And how long you had the shop? How long the shop been in uh, existence? The shop's been in existence since nineteen. Just June second was twenty five years, nineteen ninety seven. Wow. You know, what I mean, we've been we've been since nineteen ninety seven. Sheesh. So I know you you've had a lot of people. I haven't been there since nineteen ninety seven. I I I, oh, okay. I I started owning it. I started working there in about uh oh one, oh two. Okay. Um I start I st- became one of the owners uh about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um 
have a partner, Dave Mowers. Uh, he's the D. I was, I'm the R, but originally the R was this dude Rob, mm. Rob Freund. So he he left, I don't know, 2010 or something, and I took over the other half of the shop. But we've been there since '97. Um, yeah, 25 years. We're uh, tied for the oldest, you know, definitely oldest shop in Queens, mm-hmm. uh, along with one of our homie shops, Pink Kubo's, uh, because. Tattooing was illegal until 1997 in New York State. Mm-hmm. I mean, New York City. So uh, we all any any shop that really opened was all right around June 1997. Mm-hmm. So any of the oldest shops in New York were all going to have that same anniversary date because mm-hmm. that's when it became legal. Yeah. So what do you like about the, your clientele, like your, your your supporters and stuff like that? People that come. To I mean, shop? I like that. I mean. It sounds funny, but uh, you know, because it sounds very like cliche answer. But I like that I could like, uh, like do for the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of like there there'd be like a lot of new shops opening up, and and people be like, "Oh, are you worried about this? And you worried about that?" And I'd be like, "I'm not really worried about um, them because it's really transplants, tattooing tr- other transplants. So you can have all the new shops in the world mm-hmm. open." But we've been there 25 years. We've been serving the community right. for 25 years. You know, I, I just like that, you know, my shop, I try to keep it real friendly. So yeah, people pop in all the time just to say what up. Because that's one thing Josh said, like, you're very down to earth. Like, yeah, I try, you, you know. You're saying you, like, you have, like, a regular... Because, you know, sometimes he's... Well, some tattoos are very standoffish. Not yeah, they call it tattitude. Yeah, not They call it tattitude. But some. He yeah. said, now you're very down to earth. I mean, it's... The, I mean, I love it. So much, like it's like I said, it's it's the most important thing in my life, probably. But uh, it's a dumb job mm-hmm. when it all when it's all it's all said and done. It's not really an important work, you right. know what I mean? It, right. it, you know, occasionally I'll have like a um, occasionally I'll have like a somebody comes in that had somebody pass or something like that, and you you could do something for their, you know, for them to you know put a, a memory piece on them or something like that, but. All in all, it's not important, important work. Um, right. So for anybody to take themselves that seriously because they draw pictures on people is a little crazy to me. Right, but I mean, you know, people are high strung. Because even that, Josh was telling me a story about, I guess his dog died. And he said, you and you, you guys had like a conversation about his dog. And then he was like, you like, yo, you, you tatted his dog's name on him or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to that effect. And he just was like, yo, like he gave, like he gave a fuck. I was like... That, that's a dope story, bro. Like, yeah, man. I try to, you know, I, I have a hard time making money off people's sorrow, you know. So, like, I try to, I try not to, um, you know, really hit people too hard or charge them at all if it's something that's like really like a sad thing that, right, right, that right. needs to be. You know, I try to do the right thing by people. Right. Because you and, and and you also said um, you was um into in, in like the the metal scene, the rock scene, punk rock, yeah, punk, punk rock. rock and hardcore hip hop. You know, I did all that stuff. So you saw when Danny had the CBGB piece, he probably was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, I was there. I, my band played there mad times. I, yeah. I, I played, I seen so many shows at CBs. It was crazy. You mm-hmm. know, so that was cool that Danny did that. It, it, the, uh, I had heard that that's what was coming to the, the show, a CBGB right. thing. So that was cool to see that. Right. So so do, do you miss all those times? Like, I know that, that was some cool times. I mean, I still, I'm still involved with, uh, with punk rock. I'm still in a punk rock band. I still, you know. Uh, I st- I'm still pretty heavily involved with music behind the scenes on a yeah. lot of shit. So, um, I see you had Danny Diablo. He was like talking to me. I guess he was in. I don't know. He was like you had him yeah, on your Instagram. The, I, we grew up in the same neighborhood in Woodhaven, yeah. uh, Jamaica Avenue. Yeah, he's a cool so, dude. You know, I know him for a long time. Yeah, he's a I cool tattooed dude. him a bunch. And yeah, just tattooed his head recently. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy fella. Yeah, <laughs> but he's a he, but he's cool, bro. Hardest working man in in, in music. You know yeah. what I mean? That, that dude works hard, hard, hard. Yeah, I used to manage an artist, um, a rapper, Ag the Coroner, and we did um, I think he had he had he had a, like a, a festival or something at. You remember Santos Party House? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Santos yeah, Party he House. had he had something there, and I still got the shirt for that thing too, actually. But yeah, no, nah, I saw like. I mean that that you know that that that's a cool scene to be in, bro. I'm talking about like just like just with the people you meet and interact. Their their interactions. Yeah, and it was it was specifically the punk rock and hardcore scene was definitely the catalyst into being a tattooer because when I used to go to CBGBs and stuff like that and see like them thirty year old dudes and you know I was 
I was jumping on the, the J train and the A train. I was hopping the train young mm-hmm. and going to Lower East Side to see, you know, shows and stuff. So um, I'd go there and, you know, see these, you know, guys in their late 20s, 30s, so covered in tattoos. Probably why I started smoking cigarettes, too. I yeah. smoking cigarettes with all these tattoos. Yeah. Like, oh, those guys are cool, you know, like. Um, and then when I became a tattooer, it was like a lot of times early on in tattooing, it's it, the hardest thing is, is to find people to tattoo because mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But I had this huge punk rock crowd that really was like, oh, you tattoo now? Like, give me a tattoo. You know, like the first day I was tattooing, I had people waiting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But just because it was, it was, you know, I was involved in that music scene. Yeah. I try to explain to people because I've been to CBGBs a lot. Like, I remember I seen Corn there. Um, and it just was like, I just don't remember a lot of it because... Either I was drunk or, you know, <laughs> you know, the usual. But that was like, like I was saying, that's what I'm saying. Like, that just was like a scene. To be, like, that was a scene. Yeah, like, CBS was, I mean, see, people don't really, it was a dump. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, it, yeah. It wasn't, you know, they used to say that the it sounded so good because the, the, the walls were filled with, like, dead rats. And mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, but what people don't realize about CBS, and I, 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 like I said, I played there a bunch. I spent a lot of time there seeing shows. Is it? They, it was a dump that they spent a lot of money on the sound system. CB sounded great. Mm-hmm. So when you saw a band there, it was good no, yeah, sound. Yeah, good. Like, you know what I mean? That's like, why the big bands would come there just right, to get yeah, that sound. It, 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 like they, they, they hired like a, you know, they had like a real sound man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was like, you know, a lot of punk rock shit is like, you know, they're flipping over the pool table and you're playing on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, you know, like with a, you know, Plastic Mike from Radio Shack. I mean, Radio Shack don't even exist anymore. But you know, Plastic Mike, and then that was the punk rock show. Where CBS was actually like, it sounded great. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the best show you saw there that you can remember? Um, I saw so many, and I just the corn one was, was the best for me because they did the their first album there. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best show I seen there. I mean. Uh, I was at the infamous Bad Brains one where it was mm. not the early one, the later one where like HR yeah. had the, the, the motorcycle helmet on. Yeah. I was there. That's like that's legendary right there. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> How did it sound? I mean, it didn't sound like anything. You had a motorcycle helmet on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's like people talk about that. Yeah. There's pictures of like a lot of like legendary pictures. There's a lot of photographers there at that, that, that show. Yeah, I mean, CB's was a great spot. I used to love this place with the Bond Street Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to, like, love going to see Murphy's Law at the Continental. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, like, a lot of, like, you know, crazy things. I've, I've obviously love, love, love Queens, but right, I right. have a lot of love for the Lower East Side, too. Like, I've seen a lot of, you know, that's a really gentrified neighborhood now. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, back when I used to go there when I was a kid, right. um, and then, and then uh, probably I started going down there in, I want to say, maybe 1990, 91. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, you know, it was wild down there back then. Right. You know what I mean? It was the height of, like, you know, New York being rap, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lower East Side, man, that was, it's, I mean, it's, it's just legendary down there. I always, you know, find myself reminiscing about, you know. Yeah. Just, just stuff you did, you know, times you've been down there, like, you know, you could spend a whole night down there. Oh, it was, and you know, like I always had that thing where it was like I'm very, very, very from the neighborhood. So all my friends are like, you know, like grew up with are like very, very neighborhood knucklehead type type dudes. And then uh, I was, you know, doing art and stuff like that. And like, you know, like I, I was into like this punk rock, and you know what I mean. I'm from Jamaica Avenue. And I'm listening to the punk rock, but nobody else is listening to the punk rock. You know what I mean? I'm going to school in Long. I'm going to high school in Long Island City. Uh, I'm listening to you know punk rock while you know stuff like Illmatic is dropping at this time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like this crazy shit was happening in New York City. So I was always like so stuck in like all these. That's what I'm saying. So you know, when did you segue into hip hop? I mean, I've been a hip-hop fan way long when I was a punk rock fan. Like, right. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, like, uh, I, I, that's my first love when it comes to music. I, I think I got, uh, I think I have to say about 1984 or something like that. I started, uh, maybe 83. You know, I was eight years old. Uh, before that, I, my grandmother took me to, um, 
the Museum of Natural History when I was probably five. Mm -hmm. So that's 1980. Mm -hmm. And I saw uh, breakdancers in front like yeah. my grandmother wanted to take me inside to right. see the dinosaur i was like yeah, i don't want to go inside like, <laughs> i want to watch it. I, I like to i like to reminisce and think that maybe it was like the rocksteady crew or something right. like that like right. some real right. breakers like i don't i don't know what it was i was mm -hmm. five right. you know what i mean but i saw that and you know i had a, a instant love i can remember you know sitting on my on my stoop uh on jamaica avenue listening you know friday and saturday nights they you know it was the only time you could hear hip-hop music on on the radio and like hearing like Gil Bum Rush the show for mm -hmm. the first time and like, you know, kitchen. I mean, I got a little bit of chills right now just even mm -hmm. talking about like, you know, hearing like Chuck D's voice for the first time or something. Like all that stuff. Like I had a serious love for all those things. Um, and then when I got into around high school age, I also discovered punk rock and, and hardcore. Um, and I was dipping my toe in both. Right. I, was, I was making music. You know, I was behind the scenes making music because uh, I'm a musician. You know, I play bass and guitar. Right. And so then I started getting into audio production for, for some hip hop stuff, which I still do a little bit now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, hip hop is my greatest love when it comes to music, for sure. Even though I play in a punk rock band, I right. would rather, you know. You know, but yeah, a lot of people, but a lot of people do both, though. I noticed there's a lot of people just because they see you, you know, like they'll see you at a, um, I was just at a um, Calavera uh, conspiracy show. Okay. That's the guy from Soul Tour, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, they used to do Soul but. All right. Yeah, I was that then, and it's like, then I'm going to a hip hop show, and it's like, you know, people just, you know, it kind of mixes them up. Like, oh, you like that? And you like that? I mean, it was, it, I think, I think like hard, New York hardcore, punk rock, hip hop, it's very, a lot of the music is very, very based in New York City, and it's just like got a vibe where it's just like, it's, it's street music for different cultures. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's all street music. You know what I mean? It's all it's all music that comes from, you know, derived from the it's it's the same rebellious attitude that that makes you know, that made that happen. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know I think that, that that's why there may be some crossover. And especially I think New York culturally, it's just like it, everybody lives so close together that you can't help but you know Every New Yorker I know that's a real, real New Yorker is right. just a mix mash of everything. Right. You know what I mean? Like throw it all in a bag, shake it up, and spit it out. And, it, you know, it's a white dude from South Queens with a crooked Mets hat on. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just what it is, you know? <laughs> nah, you're right, man. Yeah, because even like, and even like you said, like stuff was mashed up. Because I like, remember when Sonic Youth was out. They were like had that they had elements of hip hop and 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 rock and yeah, alternative and it's it's always I think I think those two musics have always dipped each other's toe you know what I mean like mm -hmm. I mean you go back to to what you go back to Fab Five Freddy being in the Blondie video you know what I mean like mm -hmm. you know all those different you know early hip hop and if if you even if you watch some of these uh these podcasts with some of these uh, veterans of early early hip-hop coming saying they they were they were coming down they were going downtown from the bronx and and playing shows with like talking heads and all these punk rock bands you know what i mean like mm -hmm. and all these like new wavy type of bands so right. i mean i think that there was uh, a mesh of all that stuff and then you know like anything else it got mainstreamed and you know mainstream flattened some stuff out and right. you know washed some of that shit and, and made it uh, yeah, because there's so many dope bands, bro. Like, we can go on forever. Bro. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many dope bands, bro. So what's so what's next for, for Rich now? Like, you got the tattoos are popping, the merch is popping. What's the next? What's, what's next for you? Like, what's in the future? Uh, I, I, I was telling you before, off air, I am going to, I used to have a pod, podcast called Neighborhood Knucklehead. I'm going to start uh, doing it again, uh, doing another podcast again uh probably gonna be mostly on about new york mm -hmm. um with one of my coworkers. so i have that in the works uh i haven't thought of a name for it yet and i'm just gonna keep you know tattooing and hopefully get to do a little traveling once this covid really really ends mm -hmm. i'll probably you know get back on the road and do some tattoos out out of state like the good uh you, you do the conventions yeah I do conventions i haven't done them since covid yeah. you know what i mean i, I, I kind of put a kibosh on it i think a lot of them were canceled but i think the new york one is going to be yeah, some of them are going on still, but yeah. it's like I, I just don't really want to deal with a lot of the restrictions. I want to just want, when I do get to go, I just want it to be free and open. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like when I do travel again, I want to just be able to travel again and not think about it.
Okay. So yeah, so we're gonna wrap this up, man. We could be talking forever about. We probably gotta do a part two and talk yeah, whatever about you want. New York culture and all these bands because you just brought like all these bands like like Luscious Jackson. You remember them? Luscious Jackson, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the Beastie Boys. Beastie label. Boys, yeah. I remember when they first came out. They came out with the. They were doing shit with the Beastie Boys. First. I think. I think the woman. I think the woman Kate, who yeah. was original drummer for the Beastie Boys, was also in Luscious Jackson. Yeah, this is crazy, bro. Like it's like you said, everything's like so connected. It's all mushed up. You know what I'm saying? New York City is all mushed up. We That's can do a ten-hour podcast on just all this shit, and y'all don't know about. It. Y'all be like, "Oh my gosh, for real." But anyway, yo, thanks for coming, bro. It was a pleasure, Rich. You pleasure, know, mama, man. Welcome. You know, I'm definitely got to get a tattoo from you. I know Whatever you got a you busy schedule, but I'm going a, I'm to a try to get it. And I'm going to put it on the YouTube so they can see your work. Because, uh, yeah, it's a lot, lot of stuff going on the YouTube. Um, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram. It's at Rich Fi, R-I-C-H-F-I-E. Mm -hmm. uh, my shop is R&D Tattoo, so the, our Instagram is R-D Tattoo. Mm -hmm. And where can they find the merch? The merch is at www buyrichfi.com B-Y Richfi okay. and there's also an Instagram page by the same name okay so the the, the merch has the, uh, the merch Instagram. has its own yeah it's a different it's a, it's, it's, a, it's an actual company oh okay cool yeah alright and you can find me on Instagram Polo Parata the Super Beat Podcast on YouTube on Facebook it's everywhere every podcast provider we're on right about now um, if you subscribe to the Patreon five dollars You'll get this episode today. If not, you got to wait till Monday at 12 o'clock. It'll be on. The audio will be on YouTube. Thank you for all the YouTube subscribers. We're well over 500,000 views for this year. So, you know what I'm saying? We're doing we're doing numbers. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to get up out of here. Um, I'll be back soon with episode 40. That'll be the final episode of this season four. And I'm not telling you who it is because I don't want to jinx it. But it's a good one. So... See you later, guys. Ciao. I got you stuck off the realness. We be the infamous. You heard of us. Official Queensbridge murderers. The mark comes equipped for warfare. Beware of my crime family who got enough shots to share for all those who want to profile and pose. Rock you in your face. Stab your